proud of you, and I'm so sad that that's off the board. Oh, my heart. From Jordan High School in Jordan, Minnesota, this is Draft Picks. Today's episode, Creature Features. Hello and welcome to Draft Picks. My name is Tony Reinberg and I am the host. Joining me today are Xander Barnd. How are you, Xander? I'm doing great. And I'm also joined today by Houston McClory. Houston, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Awesome. Just being honest, going into this episode, I was thinking, okay, it's Halloween. Let's do a creature feature episode. But I just kind of thought it was like the Halloween special of a television show where you just throw some fun content at the zeitgeist. It's Halloween. Let's talk about Halloween. But I got to say, the more I've been thinking about this podcast, the more excited I've been getting. So I'm actually pretty fired up to be here today. And it also got me kind of wondering if creature features, which is our topic for today, monster movies, whatever you want to call them, I'm wondering if over time they have garnered a sort of bad reputation as being cheesy, hokey, out of touch with reality, etc. And so I want to just take a few minutes here at the top of the show to talk to each of you about some of the topics related to creature features. And Xander, I want to start with you. What is it that makes a good creature for a creature feature? So a good creature for a creature feature has to not be like basic. It has to have something special to it or else it becomes boring and stagnant. You could have something like a Frankenstein when movies first released or like a Nosferatu. But as they go on, you have to get more creative with the design, what the creature can do and like stuff like that. I definitely agree. Looking throughout the history of creature feature movies, Nosferatu and Frankenstein, very basic, very humanistic type creatures. Then you get to the creature of the Black Lagoon where it's building up. And then you get movies like The Thing and The Alien back in like the 70s and 80s. And then you kind of stagnated for a little bit because then robots just are dominating the scene and more human killers than anything else. And as of recently, there's been a sort of resurgence in the different creatures we can see on screen. When you talk about horror films, there are a lot of different subgenres of horror films. There's slasher films, and there's paranormal films about ghost spirits. There's otherworldly kinds of things. The creature feature, I think, is a specific genre unto itself. And so, Houston, I was wondering if you could talk about what is it about the creature feature that makes it a uniquely important or significant subgenre of film? It allows us to explore what we fear, not through just what scares us, but what makes you dread something, what makes you feel utterly sick to the stomach when you look at it. And especially with creature designs like stuff from The Thing or from Jeff Goldblum's The Fly, those David Cronenberg type disgusting creatures that make you sick to your stomach. I think that's something very admirable about the creature features subgenre in general. Yeah, I completely agree. I also want to add that creature features give a lot more creativity than like a slasher film because like a slasher film normally involves around a human killer and there's only so much that a human killer can do. But if you like add a creature to it, like Predator, it adds another layer because you're not quite sure what this creature is capable of. Whereas if it's just a normal human, it becomes a little more stagnant. And I agree. And also to build on something Houston said earlier, you said, Houston, it's about what we fear and what, what provokes anxiety or uncertainty within us. And I've been thinking a lot about creature features in terms of mythology. And I was thinking about the very first story in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, is, is essentially a creature feature because the human beings are living and everything is fine. And this creature shows up and causes a mess. And 
it's that perfect encapsulation of what Houston's talking about, which is it's hard to encapsulate the ideas of temptation or greed or ambition. But you know what? I can make it into a serpent. I can make it into the thing. I can make it into an alien. I can make it into a zombie. And it creates a concrete construct for humans to wrestle with our own insecurities and our own anxieties. Going back to the earlier thing I said about these movies maybe having a bad reputation, I sort of think it's because we look at them wrong. You would say something like, oh, there is no creature in the Black Lagoon. And as a movie, just as a story, you go, that's silly, that doesn't exist. But as mythology or as metaphor, all of these movies are really about creatures, but more so to your point, they're about what is it that human beings don't handle very well? And how do we how do we reconcile with those things? So having now totally vindicated and validated the uh, genre of creature features, we're going to move into a quick preview of the game we're playing today. This is the Draft Picks Creature Features Edition. So first of all, for the listeners, we want to talk about what it is that is a creature in our definition. Now, Xander, you and I kind of worked on this definition together. A creature is going to be a non-human. It has to play a prominent role in a movie that I'm going to say doesn't necessarily need to be a horror film, but is something that is thrilling, exciting, suspenseful. I'm going to broaden it out just a little bit. Xander, does that sound consistent with what you're thinking? Yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Houston, do you have any objections? No objections, no. All right, then let's move forward. If the motion carries. We have seven categories today. We will have the creature itself. We will draft the creator of the creature. We will draft the hunter of the creature. We will draft the expert on the creature. We will also have the profiteer, the person who hopes to capitalize on the existence of the creature. The sixth category is going to be the coolest creature's features, which sounds confusing, but of course it's the idea that each of us will be able to pick one feature from one creature that we think is really cool. And finally, a wild card, which of course is just that special extra something, maybe doesn't fit into the categories, but it is something that deserves to be mentioned. So those are the seven categories. We're going to have seven rounds, and we're going to start with a draft order randomization. And the draft order will go like this. First pick in Creature Features is going to go to Xander. Second pick in Creature Features is going to go to Houston. And the third pick is going to go to me. Now, this is a snake draft, which means even though I pick third in the first round, I will pick first in the second round and we'll zigzag back and forth like that. So let us move on to round one. Xander, you have the first overall pick in Creature Features. Take it away, sir. All right. I think I'm going to talk about the Profiteer first. So my pick for the Profiteer is the Mare from Jaws, because I think that's easily like the best example of a Profiteer in a creature feature. And it's not even like taking advantage of the creature. It's taking advantage of the lack of fear of a creature. And it's also um, criticizing capitalism by showing how greed can sometimes overlook danger. I love this pick. This is a great character. I've watched that movie a thousand times. It was my favorite movie as a kid. Even as a kid, I was like, this guy is just the worst. Houston, what do you think of that first pick? I love the mayor just because he just comes off to me as a slime bag, you know, especially when he corners the sheriff on that boat where they're driving with the car. And it's just a great pick just because, oh, no, we're not closing the beaches. We need to open for the summer deals, the summer specials. That's where all our economy comes in. I don't care about no deaths. I think 
think it's it's the it's the best thing ever because it's just the perfect placeholder for the profiteer. Uh, thank you very much. And that was a dead-on Murray Hamilton impersonation who played Mayor Vaughn there. Uh, again, a great pick. I think the arrogance of Mayor Vaughn mixed with the disinterest in the danger, mixed with Xander's point about capitalism. We talk about what creature features are actually about. You're right. Jaws is a is an indictment of capitalism and ambition and greed. And I think Mayor Vaughn is a beautiful exemplar of that. We move on to pick number two. Houston, you are on the board. All righty. So I'm choosing a hunter for this one. And I got to go with the best one. Ash Williams from Evil Dead. <laughs> there you go. Just because he's the best character ever. Like the quips, the jokes. And Bruce Campbell's acting for the entire thing is just spot on. It just, for me, he, he's the perfect hunter because he's been through everything. I completely agree. I absolutely love the Evil Dead series and Bruce Campbell playing Ash Williams is an absolute standout in that movie. And he fits the movies because with his comedic tone and then his seriousness as well, they contrast each other very well. He, he, I, he, I, yeah, I don't know what else I can say. He's just a great actor. I think he does. I think it's fascinating to take a look at our first two picks because I think both uh, Murray Hamilton as Mayor Vaughn and Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams, they're both very quirky performances. They're very stagey. They're very, they're very big performances. And I think that's interesting that both of the first two picks off the board are from, you know, people who aren't necessarily the biggest stars in the world, but whose performances really light up the screen in a specific way. So I think we definitely have, uh, we've set a trend here. We'll have to see if that carries on through. All right, we're at the end of round one, which means I have the final pick of the round and I'm going to go back to back. So I'm jumping right into the creature. And the more I was thinking about all of these movies, the more I thought that this creature was just central in my thoughts all the time. And maybe that has to do with my taste in movies. I don't know, but I'm not going to apologize for it. My pick for creature number one overall is going to be the Xenomorph from the Alien series. Now, I don't know exactly what that means in terms of there are multiple kinds of aliens in the Alien series. There is the face hugger. There is the queen. I don't know if I get them all. I don't know if I get one of them, but I'm just putting it out there because the more I was researching these movies, I just kept coming back to the Xenomorph as what a perfect killing machine, acid for blood and all of this other kind of stuff, you know, the tongue mouth. And yet, going back to our points about human faults and human failures, everything about this alien says, stay away from me. And these arrogant humans again and again and again are like, hey, go capture that thing. Go get it. So my first pick overall, the alien from the alien series, just a beautiful creature. And I think it has just dominated a lot of beast films for the last what, 30 years, 40 years, I suppose. Houston, what are your thoughts on my pick? It honestly is the best. I just saw the movie recently and I cannot say enough how wonderful it was. Xander, your thoughts? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I love the design of the alien and it's like, it's lack of powers kind of is a benefit to it because it makes it more realistic. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. I like all of the iterations of the Xenomorph. I like the dog version in Alien 3. I think Alien 3 is a little bit underrated. It's David Fincher. I mean, come on, it can't be that bad. Now, I'm moving into round two at this point. I'm going to go to the... I'm going to the creator. I'm doing it. I'm pulling the trigger. Okay. I'm going to the creator. My creator is someone already mentioned on this episode. I'm going to go to the fly... 
And I'm going to go to Seth Brundle, played by Jeff Goldblum. And he is going to be my creator because, you know, it never goes well for the creator. I actually wanted to pose that to you guys. Is there a single creature feature where the creator gets away better off than they were? I don't think there is. And to watch the deterioration of Jeff Goldblum in this most disgusting way over the course of this film, I'm taking Seth Brundle, who also could be my creature if I really wanted to be you know, technical about it. But I'm going with Seth Brundle, played by Jeff Goldblum from The Fly, because why not? Houston, my pick, go. Um, I honestly love it just because of the deterioration of Jeff Goldblum because throughout the movie he gets worse and worse and worse like he gets paler he gets sweatier like and it's just really disgusting but it's such a great creator because he's so passionate about what he believes in but that ultimately his hubris basically kills him and everyone he loves. And as we're going along that question does stand is there a single creator we can come up with in any of these movies that gets out ahead I would love to know the answer to that. The Fly is just such a simple, straightforward story about human beings, ambition being their own undoing. We're going the other way in round two, which means we're at pick number two. Houston, you are on the board. Your second pick. Oh boy. I think I'm going to have to go with the expert, but I got two good choices. Heck, I'm going to have to choose Bishop from Alien. And I think it's so great how he's not a good guy. Like most experts in like horror movies, you see them for like five minutes and then they get killed off in the next scene. It's like, you were supposed to be the expert. How did you not see that coming? But with Bishop, he gets what's coming to him, not because of the creature, but because of what he did to the people on the crew. Now, can I just jump in real quickly? Are we talking about Alien or Aliens? Alien. Alien. So are we talking about the character Ash instead of Bishop? Because I believe Ash is in Alien and Bishop is in Aliens. Xander, are you with me on this one? I am with you on that one, yeah. I might have got it wrong then. Heck. So Houston, this is the beautiful part. You have You've had two picks so far, and both of your picks have been the character Ash. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I love this. This is fantastic. I don't know what it is about the name Ash. Going back to the conversations we had about Mayor Vaughn, I mean, he and Mayor Vaughn would be best friends, right? Because they have that same kind of idea of what is expendable for what my goal is. We're moving to Xander for the end of round two. Xander, where are we going? I think I'm going to go with the creator. My pick for the creator is... Not one person specifically, but more of an organization. It's the organization from Cabin in the Woods. Basically, I don't know how to discuss this without spoiling the movie, so it's hard. <laughs> uh, have you guys seen Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. I, I have not, so I'll let you two talk about this. You, you two oh, young okay. kids talk about you and your wild movies. So, <laughs> I, for me, I love Cabin in the Woods because it really breaks down like the horror movie tropes and everything about it. Basically, putting the gods as the audience. And I love the organization because it's basically every single movie company ever, like thinking, what can we do to boost ratings? What can we do to make the audience want this? And yeah. I think it's just a wonderful metaphor for the entire movie industry in general. Excellent. Yeah, I also think, uh, oh God, who is it? Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford have great chemistry in all the scenes they have together. <laughs> All right, so we have two creators off the board. We're going to go to round three here. Xander, what do you got for round three? All right, I think I will do... Uh, let me think. I think I'm going to do The Hunter next. Oh, uh, boy. My pick for The Hunter is Dutch from Predator. <laughs> <I think> <laughs> <laughs> oh! Whoa! <laughs> yeah. 
I think Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Predator complements the film so well. And after The Predator does things, I don't want to spoil anything, but after he does all the stuff, the absolute pure bloodlust that he gets after that is just incredible. And even though Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of plays the same person in every movie, I think like the kind of buddy-buddy army guy character that he brings to this movie fits it really well. <laughs> yeah, That's a fantastic pick. I love it. All right, we got Dutch off the board with Predator. Thank you very much, Xander. Houston, in round three, you got a pick. I think I'm going to have to go with Creature right now. This is going to be very generic, but I'm choosing the thing from the thing because there's something about the world being taken over, like as you've seen in like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, both of the movies. And for me, that's such a creepy concept because not knowing if who I know is replaced or not is just a very creepy concept to me. And I also like for the entire movie, the thing is just so suspenseful because you don't know who you can trust. You don't exactly know what happens, but you can piece together a little roadmap of what you think happened and it all works out. And the creature in the thing itself is just fantastic. So I love the sentence. This is going to be very generic, but I take the thing from the thing. That's an incredible <laughs> sentence. But also, again, as we look at all these movies again and again and again, the idea of as you said at the beginning of the show, Houston, the the anxiety and the fear becoming a thing in the movie, if I can use your phrase. How do we ever truly know who someone is, right? Maybe they are something else than they seem. It becomes very obvious, but also very insightful. Xander, your thoughts on the thing from the thing as Houston's thing? I completely agree. That was actually my pick, so... <laughs> I, I absolutely adore the practical effects used for the thing in that movie. I think they really, really, really hold up and they still look great. I rewatched it for uh, for this episode and looking at it, I was just like, wow, that that's just incredible. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing I love about practical effects because like if you use CG like they did in the remake, it's going to age, but practical effects, like they don't age as much as CG does. I totally agree with that. Houston, are you with him on that? Oh yeah, like looking at The Mist from 2007, it was a marvel at the time, but now when you see like the tentacle come out to grab the guy and pull him into the mist, you just think that looks wrong. <laughs> It does, because the lighting is wrong and the textures are wrong. But if they used a practical thing, it would have looked so much better and it would stand the test of time as being a still great effect. So I, uh, yeah, I, I'm so glad you made that point, Xander, and I'm glad we're all in agreement about it. All right, I'm closing out round three here with my pick. I am going to go to the expert category. And there are a number of reasons why I'm going to pick this expert, one of which is it's a great movie. One of them is because it's a great character. And one of them is because I like the idea of symmetry. I'm a big symmetry guy. So in round two, I took Seth Brundle, played by Jeff Goldblum, as my creator. In round three, I'm going to take Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park and the Jurassic Park series, as my expert. And the reason I wanted Ian Malcolm as my expert is not only because he's awesome, but also because when I first saw this movie, I was, I was so obsessed with this movie. My friend and I uh, and his dad went to the theater. We did the classic thing of, you know, hanging out an hour and a half before the movie on the day it premiered. We got pizza. It was a whole day. We saw Jurassic Park. We loved the book. And I didn't get how cool Ian Malcolm was in the beginning, but I certainly didn't get how Ian Malcolm is kind of the answer to Seth Brundle, who we just talked about from The Fly. I had not seen The Fly at this point. But it's, I love the idea, and I wanted to get both of these back-to-back -back Jeff Goldblums because 
it's as though the older, wiser Jeff Goldblum is talking to the younger one and saying, you idiot, slow down. You do not know what you are doing. You know, when when Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park says, your scientists are so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. He has so many great lines in there. And I love the symmetry of him talking back to his earlier self. Because again, that's what I think these creature features are about, is learning from our mistakes. And so I think in two different characters, Goldblum is able to give us the sort of yin and yang of rationality and insanity in these creature features. Houston, judge me. Uh, Ian Malcolm is honestly a great character just because of his bravery. He seems like the voice of reason along with everyone else. Like, I think it's wonderful because Ian Malcolm to me represents the everyman. Like, he could be anyone on the street who would just look at, at that situation and think, that's bad. I'm not going to... All right, we're starting round four now. I have the first pick in round four, and I'm going to go to the category of the profiteer. Now, earlier, Houston took Ash from the Alien series, and I feel, and Xander can disagree, but I feel like that kind of takes the whole company off the board. So the company was my number one pick for the profiteer, represented not by Ash, but actually by Burke in Aliens, who is just the slimiest character. So I'm not going to go with that pick, but I am going to go to my second option for my profiteer and i'm going to go to the movie district nine which is a movie that i don't hear as much about as i thought i would these days but i'm going to go with the company in district nine which is multinational united this company that was tasked with going into the sort of ghetto of district nine and cleaning it out but also learning from the aliens and profiting from them they do it in a way that as they film it uh, the, the the gritty documentary style of District 9 was just really compelling. And the way they torture Vukas, whatever his name is, and, you know, do anything they can to profit off of these aliens, I think really speaks back to what Xander was talking about with the profiteer, with Mayor Vaughn, and that unbridled capitalism and how we can sell our souls and our goodness. And so Multinational United from District 9 is my profiteer. Xander, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I, I do think District 9 is a little not talked about as much as it should be. Yeah, and I think that's a great pick. And again, not to belabor the point too much, but the 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 parables of these movies, you know, the, the archetypes, the myths that these tell, you know, these fundamental stories, it's all right there. You know, these ideas are very clearly on the surface. Houston, we are in round four. What is your pick, sir? I'm going to do The Creator and... I'm going to have to do Herbert West from Reanimator just because he gives off an energy, a feral energy that you just fall in love with, that you want to see him do more of this, even though you know it's wrong, I guess. And he just keeps on doing it throughout the entire series. Xander, your thoughts? I haven't seen the Reanimator, so I can't really weigh in on this one. But Xander, I asked for your thoughts first so that I would give you the opportunity to be the first one to say you haven't seen Reanimator because I haven't actually seen Reanimator anyway. <laughs> Houston, tell us more about Reanimator. It's about... Um, this scientist who discovers a serum to bring people back to life. And he, he bribes a hospital doctor to give him his dead patients so he can revive them. And when he does that, they come back feral and mad and all sorts of crazy things ensue. And at the end of each movie, he's either in jail because of malpractice or he's skipped town. And it's, it's just a great movie because H.P. Lovecraft originally came up with the idea and Reanimator is just like the the visual storytelling of it. And it's honestly such a great, fun movie to watch. But it's also very philosophical in some ways. So what you're saying is there's a doctor who has the opportunity to bring dead people back to life. 
Enid is his undoing. Is that right? Uh, kind, uh, Herbert Lester convinces the doctor to do it. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is because that is our third creator. And of course, none of us took Dr. Frankenstein, which is the archetypal creator. But of course, in a way, all of us took Dr. Frankenstein, because as I said earlier, the creator and Dr. Frankenstein is the archetype of this. The creator brings the fate down upon himself and that ambition, that blind ambition just kind of goes through. So shout out to Dr. Frankenstein, who I think lives on in the hearts and spirits of so many of these creators throughout the world. We're at the end of round four and Xander, it is your pick. You got back-to-back -back picks here, sir. I think I'm going to do the expert right now and I'm going to pick, I think it's pronounced Kyohei Yamane uh, Kahase from Godzilla, the original 1954 version. Yeah. Um, I think he's just fantastic. He goes to the government and says, this is why this monster was created. It's your doing. Now I can help you fix it. And like he tells them, this is your wrongdoing. Now fix it. Kind of along the lines of like a Hooper in Jaws, the expert who knows one listens to or the expert who is ignored is that right yeah yeah i think that's another one of those archetypes right why don't we listen to the the wise why don't we listen to the experts right that is a another very common indictment of these movies uh excellent pick there thank you very much we're moving to round five xander you are on the board once more all right i think i'm going to pick a feature and for my pick i'm going to pick the um it's like the seismic sensing of the graboids and tremors. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm so proud of you, and I'm so sad that that's off the board. Yeah, the graboids. Tell us more about. Oh my heart! My heart is warming as I speak. Tremors, you are speaking to my youth. Xander, tell the good people listening about Tremors, please. So I I really love the first Tremors. And so basically Tremors is about uh, this middle of nowhere town in the middle of the desert. And there's these giant worms that keep killing and eating people like by going up through the ground. And they, they sense them like a mole would where they sense like the vibrations that are coming from the surface and then they follow those. It's just a fun movie. Like I, it's one of the less serious creature features, but it really doesn't need to be serious. It's just, just a fun watch. <laughs> and by the way, not serious, but scared me so much when I was a kid. Like, these movies can still be scary. Houston, have you seen Tremors? I've heard of it. I have not seen it, Seb. Homework, Houston. See <laughs> yeah. Tremors. It is amazing. There are a pair of hunters in Tremors, and I don't want to say too much about them, but they're played by Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre, believe it or not. And they are so incredible. So that is a fantastic pick. I, my heart is still pounding, Sander. <laughs> Thank you so much for bringing Tremors back into my life. Houston, you're on for round five. All right. So I think I'm going to have to choose a profiteer for this one. And I'm going to choose like the U.S. government, but specifically Strikeland from The Shape of Water because he's such a malevolent evil in the entire film. And he's he just becomes completely obsessed with finding the fish person in the movie. And the fingers coming off in like the first scene is just so striking and seeing them decompose over time is just disgusting but wonderful. Xander, what are your thoughts on that pick? I, I'd have to agree. I, I love Shape of Water and I think the, the villain in it, he's just great. <laughs> Uh, that's Michael Shannon, right? That's the actor who uh, is in there. Um, yep, Michael Shannon. He is a he is an off-putting gentleman at times. So, 
All right, well, we are at the end of round five, which means it is my turn. I'm going to take my creature feature. Again, this is the feature of a creature that is just cool. I'm going to go to a movie that's already had something taken off the board. I'm going to go to the movie Predator, and I'm going to take specifically the Predator's heat vision, how they film the Predator seeing the world. And the reason I'm going to take that is because, number one, it's cool, it's classic, and it... I think it still just looks really neat. But number two, I like the idea, kind of like how in Jaws, where we see the movie from the creature's point of view, to see the world from the predator's point of view, I think is a really important part of that film. I love the heat vision. I love the look of it. And so that is going to be my my feature of a creature. Houston, your thoughts? I love the predator just because he's human, kind of. He's doing all this for sport, for it's just a game to them. And I think that's such a wonderful feeling to encapsulate. Xander, your thoughts? Yeah, I I love the way that's filmed. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's where like that started from. Cause like that really started like a trend of, oh, they can use heat vision now. And, you, yeah. and, and Houston brings up a point that I think is also an interesting part of the creature feature, which was you said the predator is kind of like human cause it's hunting us. And one of the questions I always have about creature features is the extent to which we can blame the creatures for what they are doing. So for example, the predator clearly is choosing to hunt and doing all these other kinds of things, but then something like Jaws, I always kind of felt like, can we really blame the shark for being a shark? And to what extent have we brought this upon ourselves? And so I think that's another big question that is brought up by these movies. Is this thing just being what it is? And are we getting in its way? And should we just get out of its way? Xander, what are your thoughts about that? Should we feel bad for these beasts? Should we hate these beasts? I feel in some situations we should be like, yeah, I, I, I think we're okay with letting it die. But in some situations like Jaws, yeah, you can't really, it's a shark. Like it's going to eat. <laughs> and yet it's the villain or is it, right? Maybe Mayor Vaughn is the villain. Maybe, maybe Brody is the villain for killing this innocent shark that's just trying to get a bite to eat you never know we're moving into round six i'm gonna go with my wild card at this point we were just talking about beasts and i want to talk about beauty and the beast so my wild card is going to be the tendency or the trend or the archetype of a beauty and the beast relationship in these creature features and it's not always the classic uh the woman from king kong with king kong but just the relationship between the beast and some sort of entity that is friendly toward it. So I think about, again, King Kong, or if you think about Jurassic World and Chris Pratt being buddies with the Velociraptors, think about Shape of Water, obviously. And I also think about, because I watched Alien 3 the other night, but strangely, I think Ripley and the aliens, even though they're adversarial throughout the whole series, there is a bond here between the beauty and the beast. So I'm not even going with a specific film at this point. So I'm just going to go the use of the beauty paired with the beast to tell its story. Houston, am I just being a dumb old romantic? Maybe. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you didn't like that. Okay, that's no, okay. For me, some movies have that, but not all of them. Like The Fly, for example, definitely has that. There you go. But Thank you for proving my point, Houston. Of course, you are. <laughs> but some movies just simply don't have that, I guess. Like The Thing, for example, because it's just hidden among everything. Like, you can't tell what it is until you find it. Mm -hmm. Xander, how are you doing with Beauty and the Beast? I'd have to agree with Houston, where it is prominent in some movies, like Shape Including of Beauty and the Beast, which is a creature feature, by the way. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, this whole know, podcast is falling apart. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, like Shape of Water. Like, that's definitely, like, a Beauty and the Beast relationship. But, like, yeah, stuff like, yeah, like The Thing or even Tremors. There's no really Beauty and Beast. There's, like, Predator and Prey, really. <laughs> there you go. 
Well, I'm still happy with my pick. Houston, we are in round six. You have pick number two in the round. Go ahead. I think I'm going to have to do coolest feature for me. And I'm going to have to say kills. Let's do kills. Because something that sticks out to me when, for example, when I was watching um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and Harold, the scarecrow, killed one of the kids. He stuck a pitchfork through him, but that didn't kill him right away. Instead, he turned into a scarecrow. And it was just, it was the most disgusting thing I've honestly ever seen. And it was a PG-13 movie. And it had me shaking. It had me shivering. And I think those types of things are just wonderful in these. Thank you very much. Xander, what is your favorite creature feature kill? That's a, that is a tough one. <laughs> I'm asking the hard questions here. Yeah, because there's like a variety of different kills. Because like the kills in Predator are great, but they're not like the kills in like The Thing. Like there there's like a spectrum for kills where it's like either disturbing or like just like bloody. And mm-hmm. I, I think I think I'll go with like The Thing for kills. Excellent. I think that's a great choice. Other honorable mentions for kills, I would throw out there John Hurt and Alien, the improvised chest burst where the other actors did not know what the heck was going on going back to predator i think before carl weathers is killed and his arm is blown off and he's just screaming and the gun is still firing i think that's incredible xander finish us out in round six please i think i'm gonna use my wild card to talk about some of guillermo del toro's creature designs guillermo del toro is probably like one of my favorite directors because his movies are just so like fairy tales but like really realistic and gritty fairy tales Pain's Labyrinth. I love the design of the fawn and the fairies and the pale man, especially the pale man in that movie. And the designs in Hellboy 2 as well. They're all just fantastic and whimsical. And I think they really capture like an adult fairy tale. We talked earlier about practical effects versus special effects and how sometimes the special effects don't stand the test of time. But Houston, do you see Del Toro's designs having legs i think del toro does the perfect blend where it's like 10 percent cgi 90 percent practical where he like uses cgi to get rid of the legs of the actor in the suit which is just such a wonderful thing to do and going uh off of xander the pale man is just such a design that sticks with you because he puts the eyeballs into his hands and it's the grossest thing you've ever seen before we get to round seven xander i just want to do a quick round of honorable mentions we all have one more pick and this was something that Mr. Urbanic started in our last episode, and I think it's a really good idea. Honorable mention, Xander, are there a couple of things you're not planning on picking anymore, but you still need to just shout them out before the end of this episode? I'm just going to shout out the thing. I haven't really talked about it all that much, but it's probably my favorite creature film ever. I love, um, what's his name? Oh my God, I'm blinking. Um, we do that a lot here. Kurt Russell. Oh my God, duh. I love the isolation aspect of the thing, how they don't have another option. They can't just walk away from their problems. They have to stay there or else they will die. I love the practical effects in the thing. I, I just think it's an incredible movie. And I also, one more I want to shout out, I want to shout out House. It's kind of a creature feature at points, but not fully. Uh, I'd recommend it if you love a little more off horror films. All right, your pick for round seven, your final pick, round out your team, please. I'm gonna tread back on some ground I've already said, but I'm gonna go with Godzilla from the first Godzilla movie. I think that 
Godzilla really started a trend in the entire like movie industry. Because like with Frankenstein and Nosferatu, they're more like realistic. But Godzilla is like he's this like a hundred foot tall monster that's just destroying cities left and right with his like with his like radiation breath. And they're like, oh well, how do we stop this? And it's the government's own doing. And I just think that in Godzilla it encapsulates like a metaphor for like what will happen if we keep testing like you know hydrogen bombs i think picking up godzilla in the last round of this draft is incredible steal so my hat's off to you houston your thoughts on godzilla honestly the the creature most people honestly think about he's such an iconic character the breath the tail like even the tv shows which got a little goofy but honestly such a great character because of all the abilities all right before we get to houston's final pick houston some honorable mentions from you for me i have to shout out uh, my second pick for the hunter which was going to be ben from the night of the living dead because it was just such a great role that he played such a wonderful showing of society at the time especially at the end of the movie and another one for me is going to be the expert i was actually going to choose the fawns from pan's labyrinth because he's the one kind of pulling the strings he knows everything that she needs to do to get to um the other world and i just think the character design is great the voice is great everything about the entire movie is great if you haven't watched it you need to do something with your life all right (laughs) thank you very much for that that tough love from houston and houston your final pick please my final pick has to be for the wild card a good score or at least good sound effects because if you don't have those to build up tension to build up the anxiety someone has it's not going to be effective like a lot of scores from horror movies uh creature features in general like looking at um the shape of water where it's very french it's very classical music type and looking at others where it's like alien with metallic scraping and stuff like that or if we're just talking about horror in general cube where it's just the metal box moving around it builds up the atmosphere and you need to have it to have a good movie yeah i i completely agree a a score really can like heighten a movie from an okay experience to a great one i i think the thing is another example of a great score where it's very like low and bassy and kind of mysterious we're going to the final pick here before we get to the final pick i want to shout out a couple things I want to go to a movie from before I was born. I want to talk about Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds for a moment because it's one of those movies that the older you get, the more effective it becomes because you just kind of start to wonder about your place in the world and saying, you know, all these animals are just kind of letting us survive here. And what happens if they just break that contract and decide that they're just coming after us? So I think the inexplicable nature of the birds in that movie is just the ultimate what if. And I think that's one of the great things that creature features do. Shout out to the movie Arachnophobia, which was a, the movie that scared me so much when I was a kid with these mutated spiders. You should definitely go see that one. Finally, shout out to Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors and the, the place of dear affection that Audrey 2 holds not only in the hearts of the populace, but in the hearts of the Jordan community. And we all know that if you need a great Audrey 2, go to Riverbottom Productions and uh, talk to Josh about getting a great Audrey 2. My final pick. We started with a beautiful movie called Jaws. We are ending this draft with a beautiful movie called Jaws. I'm going to the category of Hunter. I'm going to take Quint from Jaws as my Hunter. Even when I was a kid watching this movie when I was way too young, Quint was a fascinating character. Quint goes out, speaking of incredible movie deaths, spoiler alert, Quint goes out incredibly. Quint is an incredible character. Love him so much. I am glad that we can bring Mayor Vaughn in to begin the draft 
and Quint to end it. My hunter is Quint from Jaws. Houston, what do you think of my pick? Quint is the best, based on his character introduction, where he's scratching the chalkboard. And from everything else, his character, his C persona, I guess. It's just a wonderful performance uh, from the actor. And Xander, how are you feeling about Quint? I completely agree. Quint was my second pick if Dutch was taken. I just think he's a fantastic hunter, and he just... He's a hunter with like a backstory that makes sense to what he's hunting. And I really, yeah, indeed. It's just incredible performance. So that rounds out our draft. Let's just do a quick recap. So imagine this movie, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about Xander's ultimate creature feature. The creature is Godzilla. It is being hunted by Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch. It was created by the organization from the cabin in the woods. Mayor Vaughn is trying to profit from it. Uh, the expert. Oh, you have the right expert there. That's right. Yeah, Xander. Yeah. Coming to town and telling Mayor Vaughn who won't listen. And Godzilla. Can you imagine Godzilla with the graboids sensory features from the movie Tremors where Godzilla can just burrow into the ground and explode up through the surface? This is quite a movie. So that is Xander's ultimate creature feature. Houston's ultimate creature feature features. The Thing from The Thing that was created by Herbert West from Reanimator. Hunted down by Ash Williams from Evil Dead. Meanwhile, the U.S. government and Strikeland's trying to profit off of it. And I am sure The Thing, as we talked about, incredible kills there and great soundtrack, which I believe Xander earlier mentioned the, the soundtrack or the score to The Thing. So we got a really tightly wound movie right there from Houston's ultimate feature. Oh, yeah, and Ash, the, the android who is the expert on The Thing. That is Houston's movie. My movie features the creature of the xenomorph from Aliens, created by Jeff Goldblum uh, as Seth Brundle from The Fly, talked about by Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum playing two roles here, the expert Ian Malcolm and Seth Brundle. It is being profited by the multinational United trying to profit off the creature. The xenomorph now has heat vision. The xenomorph maybe falls in love with the beautiful creature. And finally, Quint comes in at the end, and he tries to hunt down the xenomorph, who probably ultimately gets him. So that is a rundown of each of our ultimate movies. Before we go, gentlemen, what should the people watch this week as we're leading up to Halloween? Houston, I'm going to have you go first. Oh, the pressure. Um, one that sticks out to me is The Blob, just because of the idea of the assimilation of the body parts. And another one for me, if you just want a scary movie to laugh at, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, just because it's a hilarious movie you can relax to. Thank you very much. Xander, your movie recommendation? Uh, my movie recommendation is The Host from 2006, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Oh, it's yeah. another uh, creature feature, and it's about like what happens when we're bad to the environment, really. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much. My movie recommendation has stuck with me for a long time. It was already mentioned on this podcast, but it's 1968's Night of the Living Dead, directed by George A. Romero. And I don't want to say too much about the movie, but... It is a movie that sticks with you. It is exactly what it sounds like. It's Night of the Living Dead. I mean, the title gives you a lot of information about it. But going all the way back to the beginning of this conversation, the idea of what are creature features really about? That is a movie that draws its theme in the final minutes so beautifully and so expertly. It's just a movie that'll just stick with you for a long time. And uh, I highly recommend it if you can see it. All right. We want to thank everybody who listened to this episode of Draft Picks. If you enjoyed this one, please go back and listen to our first episode of the draft, which was sports flicks. There were some really controversial picks going on there. And please continue to watch for more information about upcoming projects from the Jordan High School Creative Communications class. We hope everybody has a great end of the month. We hope everybody has a happy Halloween. Thank you to Xander. Thank you to Houston. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You guys have a great day. You too. Don't tell me what to do. Uh. <laughs>